Hello, you are listening to Jonk Live-ish. It is the week of November 19th, 2021, and whoa, was it a doozy. First things first, the Spider-Man No Way Home full trailer dropped, finally, feeling a number of crazy things. I won't go into too much detail, but they are packing in as much as they can. The film is toting a two-hour and 50-minute runtime. The film is set to be the end of the Spider-Man trilogy. It's unclear on what's going to happen with the webbed hero and the MCU after this movie, but last week during Disney Plus Day, they did announce a number of new Marvel projects, including Spider-Man Freshman Year. This animated series will come out on Disney Plus and will be telling the origins of Spider-Man in the MCU. Uh, Basically everything we didn't see before Civil War. I'm curious to see the take on it. I'm curious to see if they're going to get the same person from What If to voice Peter or if they'll cast someone else. As of right now, Tom Holland has not been cast in the show. Speaking of Spider-Man No Way Home or Spider-Man in the MCU in general, Michael Keaton was recently doing an interview where he let it slip or let it be known that he was recording more vulture scenes. While it is highly unlikely that these scenes are for Spider-Man No Way Home as it comes out December 17th, which is less than a month away, it's more than likely that these reshoots were for Morbius, uh, the living vampire movie coming out from Sony Pictures, in which he was revealed to be in in the first trailer. Though I'm kind of crossing my fingers and hoping he is magically in Spider-Man No Way Home, filling out the roster for the Sinister Six, because we're one away. Uh, I have a sneaking suspicion we will be getting that sixth villain in the movie, uh, regardless. Speaking of other wacky things announced this week, and specifically Thursday, November 18th, Warner Brothers revealed Multiverses, a free-to-play brawler fighter game similar to Super Smash Bros. The game will feature characters from Batman, Looney Tunes, Steven Universe, Game of Thrones, and Tom and Jerry, and is apparently slated to continue growing that roster as the game proceeds. What's interesting about this fighter is that they talk a lot in the preview about specifically wanting to focus on co-op fighting. So playing with a partner against two other people and combo comboing your moves. I imagine this will play pretty similarly to something like the Lego games where you can kind of combo your different attacks when you're playing with another player or something like the Arkham Knight game where you have maybe a Robin or a Catwoman nearby and you're doing some combo moves game looks fun the cartoony aspect of it perfect for kids it is a bit weird though seeing Arya stark from game of thrones in a cartoon style interacting with like bugs bunny and harley quinn it's a very strange choice so i guess they're really going for like hey it's all of our wb properties which i'm just now really hoping for a beetlejuice fighter at some point That being said, most of the characters are being voiced by actors who are currently or have recently voiced those characters. Matthew Lillard, longtime voice actor for Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, after playing the live-action version of him in the early 2000s, will be reprising the voice in the game. Kevin Conroy, famed for being the voice of Batman and Batman, uh, the animated series, and the new adventures of Batman, as well as most cartoon and video game versions of the character for the last two decades, coming on three, yeesh, is set to voice Batman. So if you're into fighters, if you're into the Warner Brothers library of characters and you like free-to-play games, go for it. I 
probably check it out on a whim, especially if they put it on the Switch. I'll probably get it on that. Switch is really good for fighter games and like platformers. Speaking of video games, specifically ones that I want to check out, After the Fall is coming out. Coming out December 9th, 2021, Vertigo Games' latest. Vertigo Games being the developers behind Arizona Sunshine, a very popular early on VR release. The game was a zombie shoot 'em up kind of. You're in a canyon and you're shooting zombies and there's a horde mode. For 2016-2017, it was one of the best games out. Nowadays, it's a bit dated. The actual mechanics of the game are pretty straightforward. It's walk around, shoot, reload. There's not really any sort of melee combat. There's not really, you know, the multiplayer left something to be lacked. It was plagued with very hard to connect to games early on. So the multiplayer player base shrunk very hard at the beginning. I have played some multiplayer of Arizona Sunshine with a friend. I am very excited about After the Fall though. It's touted as an epic VR action FPS with intense co-op gameplay at its core. Team up with friends and take on hostile VR world filled with ferocious undead, mutated and twisted by the relentless cold. It seems very much to be a take on the formula from Left 4 Dead or from Back for Blood, which recently came out, where you and a team of three other players are going through levels and fighting off the undead. There will also be a wave horde mode as well as 4v4 player um, arenas. It looks like the 4v4 is specifically uh, for human players versus for human players playing, you know, humans with guns and such. Uh, it is unclear if it is specifically play as the zombies. It looks like a lot of fun. I'm very, very excited about it. I've been playing a lot more of Pavlov VR lately with a number of friends of mine, which if you haven't played one in the chamber, I have found a new addiction of mine, and the problem is it requires other human beings. So if you would like to play uh, one in the chamber, you should check it out. Uh, for those unfamiliar, it's basically Golden Gun. Each player has a uh, gold pistol with one bullet and a knife. If you miss your shot, you have to try to hit someone with a knife. Once you kill someone, you get a bullet back. It's so much fun. It's so chaotic. It's really great in the Dunder Mifflin office. So if you play Pavlov and you're looking for something to play with your friends, I highly recommend it. This game definitely looks like a lot of fun. I know a number of us are going to be getting it and checking it out. So as soon as I get a chance to play it, I will be talking about it on that episode. You can pre-order the game now on PlayStation VR, Oculus from Facebook, Steam VR, and Vive Port. With three options, the pre-order edition, the launch edition, and the deluxe edition, there are a number of bonuses and benefits. This may actually be the first game I pre-order in well over a decade, I think. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Main reason being is that there is a 48 hour early access if you pre-order it, which I don't know, I would like to play this game much sooner and it's at a discount right now. So uh, if you're remotely interested in a Left 4 Dead for VR, I recommend checking out the trailer for this. And if you have a group of people to play with, it looks to be a pretty fun time. Supergirl wrapped up last week. We didn't get a chance to talk about it as there was no episode, but it was a show. It existed and it's had its series finale with a two-parter wrapping up the storyline from this season as well as a number of emotional arcs from the entire show. We got to see a number of characters from seasons past and I'm, you know, meh about it. It's kind of a bummer. It started out okay. It was on CBS, which had its toll on it. When they moved it over to the CW, it was a lot more fun. She got to play with some more of the DC superhero-esque characters, especially when they started doing crossovers. One of my favorite episodes of the entire CW Arrowverse 
is the musical crossover episode between Flash and Supergirl. I still listen to that music on Spotify. It is so fun. Rachel Bloom, who helped co uh, create and starred in Crazy Ex Girlfriend, actually helped write the song Super Friends, which is fun and campy and perfect for the mood of what they were doing in that. I absolutely adored Melissa Benoist as Supergirl. She, I think, played the character very well. I think all the actors on the show did, you know, a good job with what they were given. I do think the last couple of seasons, A, ran into a lot of power creep issues where they really didn't know where to take it because it's like, oh, we're going to have you fight another person that's just like you. And it's kind of one of my concerns for Superman and Lois. But that being said, if you watched it all the way through, it's over. You survived. If you stopped at any point, I don't recommend picking it back up. You're not going to magically find something special. The last season was rough and it was A, delayed because of COVID and stretched out for a very long time. The season started late, there were a number of breaks and that resulted in ending right around the time all of the other shows are starting back up for their recent season. That being said, Batwoman is doing fantastic. I'm really, really enjoying that show. I think they've really found a new dynamic that works for that setup and I think they're really doing a good job of focusing on unique takes on the villains and having some familiarity by having those villains be legacy villains. I finally caved, speaking of Batwoman and the Bat family, I finally went out and got the 1989 Lego Batmobile, which is probably the longest time I've waited to buy something uh, from the second I decided I wanted to buy it to actually buying it. I kept putting it off, kept putting it off. I finally had enough uh, points on Lego store to get some, you know, get some dollars off, which was very helpful. But as soon as I went to go online to get it, it was first backordered. And then when I finally looped back around to buy it, it was sold out. The reigning theory is that it is a set that is being retired soon. I knew I wanted it to go with the Ecto-1 I have, and there's a rumored DeLorean set coming out, which I'm very excited for. If that's true, I hope it's true. It would be a great set, especially because the one it was one of the first LEGO ideas set, and it's rough. Uh, it's very small. It doesn't really look like the DeLorean. The only thing that set I would say has going for it is the fact that it's the DeLorean, quote-unquote, and it has the minifigures. But this Batmobile is insane. It's just about a 1,000 pieces more than the Ecto-1. I'm trying to figure out if it's a little longer. I'm still not sure. I don't know when I'm going to have time to build it. The minifigures are fantastic. It comes with Vicky Vale, Batman, and Joker, obviously both being the Michael Keaton, Kim Basinger, and Jack Nicholson versions of the characters. That's everything for this week. I'm very excited. Next week on Tuesday is the release of Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. This new movie adaptation is set to be a little more accurate, and I'm a big fan so i will definitely be talking about that movie next week on the episode i will be saving it till the end of the episode so that you can watch the episode get all that fun new stuff out of the way and if you watch the movie or if you have any intention to uh watch the movie and don't want to be spoiled you can take you know take those precautions as you will stop listening listen i don't know how many people are actually excited about that movie but i'm very excited about it We'll also probably be talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife at some point. That's everything for this week. I'm very excited. Next week on Tuesday is the release of Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. So I'll definitely be talking about that next week, but I'll save it for the end of the episode. So if you are interested in hearing my thoughts and see it before then, great. Stick around till the end of that episode. But if you don't want to be spoiled, I will save it till the very end and let you know when that is coming up. 
That being said, if you do need to skip out on the end of that episode, you can go listen to another podcast. The Butch and the Buy the Podcast is back. We kicked it off with episode 65, starting what we're calling season... Such a fun episode. Me and Bob are struggling the whole time to keep it together. We had a number of technical issues ahead of time that caused us to record re-record it twice. That being said, it did lead to a lot of really great bits. It's so good to be doing that show again. We're very excited about the new kind of energy we're bringing to it, and the break really did help a lot. You also get to listen to us realize that I mentioned the date that we needed to know at the very beginning of the episode, and then later on in the episode, completely forgot what date we were talking about, so... It's, it's a good time. You're going to be just, you know, enjoying that. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter to stay up to date on when new episodes of this are out, as well as occasional link sharing and thoughts on different nerdy things throughout the week. You can also do me a big favor by leaving me a review on iTunes and on any of the podcasting platforms that you listen on. Every little bit helps. And also be sure to subscribe and or follow depending on your platform. If you're on iTunes, you can subscribe or Apple Podcast. And if you're on Spotify, you can follow to stay up to date. Episodes go out pretty early in the morning on Fridays, usually around 6 or 7 a.m. So you can always get it really early, download it, listen to it on your commute. It's a nice short. Uh, if it's a nice short commute where you're just going downstairs, you know, take a slow 15 minute stroll down the stairs and listen to m- me talk at you. I know it's exactly what you want to do. (laughs) Thanks for listening, and I will catch you next week.